Welcome to Lessons from a Podcaster, a show where we interview podcasters from all around the world and ask them to share their tips, insights, stories, and everything you need to know to grow your own podcast. This show is brought to you by PodSqueeze, the essential tool for any podcaster that wants to take their show to the next level. Let's get started with our host, Tiago. Hello and welcome to another episode of Lessons from a Podcaster. Today with me, I have John. Hey, John, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Tiago. Glad to be here. Oh, it's uh, The pleasure is all uh, mine and I'm excited to learn from you. In 30 seconds, describe your podcast. Yeah, well, podcast, anything you want to know about sales, marketing, entrepreneurship, leadership, and motivation, we have the world's leading global experts uh, that we interview, and they share their insights with you. So uh, if you want to learn anything about sales, marketing, leadership, entrepreneurship, this is the place to be. Amazing. It's definitely a topic that I think every entrepreneur needs to learn more about. So it's yeah. great that there is content around that. Um one question, like, what what is your audience size? How many downloads do you normally have, and and where can people listen to your uh, podcast? Yeah, so we're we're spread across a lot of places. So salespop.net is the website uh, where you can watch the videos, listen to podcasts, read articles. We also have a YouTube channel, uh, and then we extract the audio of our interviews, and they are across all the major podcast platforms, uh, you know, app, iTunes, uh, mm. Spotify, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, so our our episodes are you know they're they're viewed and listened to by thousands of people each episode. Sometimes we even have ones that go into the twenty, thirty, forty thousand uh, listenership. Uh, a lot of them are a couple of thousand uh, or maybe a thousand. It just depends on the subject because we do produce okay. like three or four a week, pretty much. You know, so oh. we're producing a lot of content. Uh, and then, uh, and then, yeah, I mean, it's a growing platform, and, and our YouTube channel has doubled in size over the last year. Uh, we nearly have five thousand subscribers. Uh, we have, you know, it's growing. It's growing rapidly at the moment. That is amazing, and uh, I think in this interview, I'll definitely ask you a lot of questions on how you were able to get such great traction. But before that, I would love to ask you, how did everything started? Do you remember uh, why you started this podcast and like your first episode? Yeah, so um, we were we were we had a product blog, and then we were looking at other things to do, and we were migrating the product blog, and that's the time when I said, okay, you know, let's not do a product blog, let's do an online interactive magazine. So it started with an online interactive magazine, and we started doing a couple of of the interviews. Originally, I did them with another colleague, and then I took them over myself. And to be honest, it was kind of grew organically, the interview part of it, because we realized that's the part that really has traction, that really people are really interested in. Uh, and then thanks to a, a colleague of mine, Claudia, she stepped up and then started outreaching around the world to find really fascinating people. So it kind of it's like the best things in life, Tiago. It's like it's it's kind of started almost accidentally and kind yeah. of morphed into what it is today. So the the main goal of the podcast is it a lead magnet? Is it just to give back to the community? Is it everything like? What is the main goal of it? The the main goal originally the, the original goal for it, which remains the same, is that we we believe at, at Pipeline of CRM, both myself and the founder Nicholas Kimna, big big believers in in education and in altruism and in giving back. And mm. so the first the foundation of it was a give back is to bring quality content to uh, to the world, especially to salespeople who are pretty underserved market, mm. to be perfectly honest. Uh, and then we expanded from them, but it's still 
remains today the essence of the podcast is our give back. It's our way of helping to educate mm -hmm. and bring interesting perspectives, uh, you know, to people uh, on a variety on a variety of subjects. Um, it obviously helps us with some brand awareness, and we sometimes, mm -hmm. you know, it sometimes does generate leads for the other side of our business. But we never set it up as a lead right. machine. We really set it up as an altruistic endeavor. Mm -hmm, totally. And uh, do you like, measure somehow the impact the podcast has in your brand? Is, is there a way to measure that? Uh, you, you told me that, uh, yeah, there's a few leads sometimes, but, you know, branding goes beyond that. Yeah. right? So how, how can one measure that with such a podcast? Um, it's, it's, it really is kind of a, it is hard to measure, I have to say in, in terms mm -hmm. of, because just like anything else, especially if you're putting it out to the world, it's hard, it's hard to measure, uh, unless you're very, very specific in, in the content that you're delivering. Um, so the, the ways, obviously you can use uh, Google analytics to measure, uh, you know, what's going on in terms of traffic and, uh, you know, plays at YouTube. And we, we look at the statistics on, on uh you know the podcast platforms we right. uh, we we use libsyn and that gives us okay. a lot of data as well so there's a lot of data we can we can we can track uh and then to be honest from a brand awareness point of view we i i don't i don't invite guests anymore i don't outreach we don't outreach anymore in fact you know we spend most of our time fielding incoming requests to be on mm. our podcast so a lot of the podcast agencies have us on their list and uh and they're always pitching new people to right. us so again so all these new people that they're pitching to us and all the people who come on the podcast they also learn about uh they also learn about pipeline or crm so they then go off and they sometimes they'll refer people to us sometimes they'll uh you know just promote us because they just think it's it's a great right. product and as a as a give back to us so mm -hmm. it's i i think podcasting in many ways it's a very very um it's a very symbiotic relationship, I think, between you, your guests and the audience. So it's uh, and, and I still think that's evolving in terms mm -hmm. of of what it really all means in the long run and how you actually turn it into something, you know, especially for a business, how you turn it into something maybe a little bit more enduring. Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And, and for us here. Uh, PodSqueeze, we also use this, right, this podcast to get to know our customers mm -hmm. and our users and to learn from them. So I think, I guess for you, it's also the same, right? So you're targeting, you know, sales kind of people and, and you get to speak with them, which is yep. always great. Um, I'm curious about how you curate your guests. You said that now you have tons of people and I guess we know 20,000 downloads per episode. A lot of people would be interested in that kind of exposure. How do you curate? Like, how do you find what's secret to find a great guest, someone that will make your your episode really, you know, pop up and, and get tons of downloads. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. Now they don't all get twenty thousand, so just I won't be clear. Right, right, right. <laughs> uh, how do we get our guests? Well, like I said, originally we, uh, my colleague Claudia, had started an outreach and like started looking for interesting people. And what we mean by interesting people is people who've got, you know, either new ideas or new ways of looking at things. And so she went around the globe. I mean, we've had people. We've had one guy who lived with the Maasai warrior tribe in in the Maasai wow. desert for a year or something, and uh, you know, to teach about you know efficiency. He's very efficient people, clearly. Uh, and learning about that. So lots of people like that. We had the guy who was the last person off the plane. If you remember the miracle on the Hudson, the plane oh, that yeah. uh, crash landed mm -hmm. on the uh, on the on the river there in New York uh, on the Hudson. 
Um, so just uh, and so so that's what we look for. We always look for people who have an interesting point of view, who have you know something interesting to say, maybe some an interesting angle that they're coming from. Mm-hmm. Or we also do a lot of people who've you know authored books. If you have a book coming out, you know, then we would look at that and we'd say, yeah, this looks interesting uh, to us. But over time now, the podcast agencies have started to learn the kind of people who really make who, who okay. we like. So they start to pitch the right kind of. So it's become it, it's become a whole lot easier to be perfectly honest mm-hmm. because if you like just like learning behavior the podcast agencies have learned who who the type of people who we like right. so that they're sending the right people to us do you communicate with these agencies do you tell them what you want or they just learn by you know they they, they learned originally by reaching out to us and then you know my colleague claudia works with them a lot so now they they you know back and forth to them so they understand uh you know the right profile of person and uh, mm-hmm. and yeah the pod the the podcast agencies have made life very very simple for us yeah. that's for sure yeah and i think that's that's a great way to you know pick people just try to find someone that has a unique story to tell yeah right and that's what what people want they want unique stories yeah. tell me a little bit about a little bit more about your your stack so you said that you use Libsyn, but what do you use to record uh and uh yeah tell us about yeah. it so, so this uh, the technology, I have a sure, a sure podcasting mic here, mm-hmm. uh, which I would, you know, it's a great mic. I mean, let's face it, sure is yeah. about as good as you can get. I didn't always have sure, but I mean, it's made a big difference. Um, I use an audio interface, um, uh, Focusrite Scarlet, uh, which, uh, which helps as well, uh, a Logitech uh, webcam. And then for the recording, I use Restream. Uh, I don't know if that's a pl- pl- uh, platform that you're familiar with. Never so, heard of. yeah, so Restream, it's a very, it's it's for podcasting. It's a very simple platform, works very, very well for, for us. And then we, uh, you know, once the podcast is recorded, uh, we take it and we run it through this product called PodSqueeze hmm. uh, that you may be familiar with, Tiago. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, so, and then we extract it. I mean, and I have to say, I have to shout out to Tiago and, and your colleague who built this. This is a, this is a fantastic product because beforehand we, we had somebody who would take the video, who would go through the, who would transcribe it, you know, or get the transcription, right. then write the descriptions and write all of this stuff. And it's a long process. Thanks to PodSqueeze. It's instantaneous. Everything you get is pretty much instantaneous. Uh, and then uh, we use Libsyn um, for the audio for the distribution um, platform. Mm-hmm. That's basically the, the the tech stack. Yeah, it's it's uh, you know uh, already of course a professional stack, simple but you know enough to get a lot of a lot of uh, listens. Mm-hmm. Tell me now about like growing. I think a lot of as a lot of podcasters want to grow their podcast, which is extremely hard. Uh, you obviously succeeded. And so what are your tips to grow, like, or, or what worked best for you to, to grow your podcast? Yeah, I think one of the, one of the first things is don't expect to be an overnight success, right? Mm-hmm. So, and, and don't look at the, you know, the most successful podcast out there and think, oh, wow, like, yeah. you know, I could have I'll be the next Joe Rogan. <laughs> yeah, Joe, yeah, forget Joe Rogan, like Joe Rogan's Joe Rogan, right? Uh, so I would say, and I've seen this a lot lately, Tiago, especially during COVID, a lot of people decided to start podcasting. Oh, yeah. Right? yeah. But I think a lot of people run out of steam very quickly. So maybe they do five, 10, maybe they even get up to 20. And and then they then they discover that yeah, maybe it's a little harder than they thought it was to begin with. So I think the first thing is, 
asking yourself, are you ready? Are you prepared to be in it for the long haul? Because it's yeah. not going to happen overnight. It's just like everything else. It's going to be, you're going to have to build it up over time. And you're going to have to go through a period of when your podcast has very few views, very few you know listeners. You're not getting much feedback. It seems to be demoralizing, but it kind mm. of builds on itself. And I think the other important thing is once you start your podcast, I think it will evolve because you'll find your voice eventually. Because yeah. I don't think we always have our voice when we start out. Kind of we think we know mm. how to do it. So I would say the first two things are number one is make the commitment. If you're going to do it, say, okay, I'm going to commit for six months. Say, right. I'm going to six months. I'm going to do this. I'm going to every produce, week release I'm something. Going to, every mm -hmm. week I'm going to produce when I'm going to release it. I'm not going to stress too much uh, at the beginning on, uh, on the viewership. I'm going to learn and I'm going to learn and I'm going to take, uh, mm -hmm. and I'm going to adapt as I go. And then once right. you start to feel like, yeah, you know, I'm pretty good at this now. I'm getting good at this. I'm getting, uh, I would then focus on if you're podcasting yourself, make sure that the subject matter is interesting and up to date. If you're interviewing other people, make sure the other people are interesting. Uh, and then, and then the other part too is, is to start to go out there and, uh, you know, publicize your podcast. And some of the ways he's doing mm. it guerrilla style is, uh, you know, you go on to other sites, other groups in LinkedIn and places like that. And you, you see people having discussions on something and you say, oh, here's an interesting podcast that covers that subject as right. well. So it's a lot of guerrilla. There's a lot of guerrilla marketing, if you like, involved in, in, mm -hmm. in building out a podcast uh, and, and an audience. And, and then obviously you can do things like YouTube ads and things like that if right. you really want to go down that route. But, but I would say first and foremost is be prepared to be in it for the long haul for, because for nothing the haul. Yeah. there's for every overnight success uh there was and i don't of, believe there's yeah. very there's, there's no real thing as such thing as an overnight success there are no. millions of other ones that failed miserably so so just that's that's my that's my biggest thing if mm. you're if you're really committed to it and you're really going to put the effort into it then stick at it but also don't be afraid to watch yourself back yeah Okay, learn that's from, the thing that a lot of people your will own avoid. mistakes, right? And, and listen to your own episodes, make something unique, which is great as well. Uh, yeah. The the guerrilla marketing is something that is interesting because uh, it can also come up a little bit spammy, right? When you go on on Reddit, when you go on these platforms, how do you kind of plug in your episode without sounding too spammy and eventually getting banned? Yeah, and I think the key to it is that you is that you just don't start going around uh, posting everywhere. You literally only post when it's relevant to the subject, right? So, mm -hmm. if say there's a post on LinkedIn that's relevant to some interview that you did, I would read the post, comment on the post, and then put the link to the interview and say like it's it's interesting you mentioned that because here's what somebody else said right right so so if you do it elegantly and you do it and you do it where it's actually connected and it's not just like dumping links into into chats then you'll then you'll be mm. fine and actually you'll be more than that is that people appreciate when they realize that you've read or listen to their content. Mm -hmm. So reference the fact and reference something in that content to show that you have read it because then I'm okay link after that because i know you actually took the time to read my content yeah definitely so be part of the community right contribute yeah, to yeah. the community not only yeah. getting there and just spamming and leaving right you need to be again for the long run even in, in communities you're yeah. also mentioning ads youtube ads is this something you've tried 
Yeah, sometimes we do occasionally when we have uh, something that we really want to promote. Uh, so, but not on a not on a very large scale. But it does it does uh, it does work if you definitely you know it definitely works if you target it correctly. What does it mean to target it correctly? Well, target it at your right audi- at the correct audience that you're looking okay. for. Like go down into the demographics and everything like that, and make sure you're targeting. Uh, the right audience but generally speaking i mean i wouldn't i would steer clear of dumping lots Mm. of money into advertising and all that uh because you don't really need to and until you reach a certain point of growth there's no real point in it either Mm -hmm. you also mentioned that your youtube channel has been growing do you use shorts or only long form Mm -hmm. videos no we use both we use uh, shorts have been uh and it's funny you know demographic wise it's uh it's like shorts in the u.s will completely outstrip everything else you know you'll get Mm. your biggest audience on shorts long-form content tends to be uh divided up more amongst the uh, the you know the globe you know it's much more even if you like so yeah if you're not doing shorts i would encourage you to do start doing shorts and leverage your content in in multiple ways like for instance like we do uh just the seasons just passed. We do like the 12 days of Christmas where we do 12 shorts taken out of interviews from the previous okay. 12 months uh, and, you know, mm-hmm. release one a day over the 12 days of Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I absolutely would recommend that you that you leverage shorts as mm-hmm. part of your strategy. What is the best way to do a catchy short? Something that people want to listen and it because my, my experience with shorts is that we release something, we, we get a bunch of views and then it just dies completely. Mm-hmm. Um, so first of all, does this also happen to you? And second, like, what is the best way to make a great catchy short? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously you get drop off over time, uh, but you know, but then again, sometimes some of our our best performing content is from years ago. It just you know it has a life, you know, it doesn't mm. it, it becomes evergreen in some ways. But for a catchy short, is make sure that it's make sure that it's one subject if you like or one insight or something something contained in it so if that you watched that short you mm. you learned something from it or you were entertained by it or whatever but just something but keep it to one simple simple insight so i would okay. go in i would take in, in something that one of the guests said that was particularly insightful take that in you know put the have the headings of the pop-ups like you know emojis i have a guy who does it for me mm-hmm. you know with emojis popping up and just make it as 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 engaging as interesting as possible because let's face it i mean shorts shorts are designed for a for a particular generation of people yeah. if you like you know so so you need to do both long form and short form and mm-hmm. you need to make your shorts entertaining because if they're not entertaining they're going to be okay. scroll past that's a very good point try to be focused try to be entertaining yeah. my struggle with shorts though is you know people because they are short they you can scroll through multiples like mm-hmm. in in a minute you scroll through maybe i don't know Five or so, yeah. uh, depending on. So, how do you connect that with your podcast? Because I'm I'm going it throughout so fast that I don't even know. Okay, what was that? It was like, what kind of podcast was that? How do you bring them back then and and convert them to be a listener? Yeah, so just make sure that in your short there's plenty of branding as well, you know, and that it's quite obvious where it's coming from, uh, and and you know in the script. But yeah, I would say, uh, make sure you have good branding on your shorts. How do how does one do that? 
Well, I mean, make sure your logo is there. Make sure they know where it's come from. Mm. Make sure there's some at the end of the short, you know, that there's something there that they can see, mm. you know, to make sure that they remember it. But I would say mostly like make sure you're not just putting a short up. Make sure you're putting up a branded one. It's got emojis pop. It's got some interaction going. It's entertaining, but it's got but it's yeah. got your branding, you know, front and center so that people Engraved. start to go, oh, because if you look at the most successful shorts out there, you know, they always have their brand in the background somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. And, and even in, in this example, right, you, you have your brand in your in the background, right? So that's also good. When you yeah. go guest on a, on a podcast and so on, we don't have our branding, which is a, a mistake, right? We need to get something here saying you like... Need to get your branding going, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's not difficult at all like that to build something. I mean, you know, you can put virtual backgrounds in or anything. Yeah. My background is actually a real one, mm -hmm. uh, just to just in case people are wondering. Go um, there and actually destroy it so that we can see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's... Um, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. so I mean, it's important, uh, you know, and just... and. Yeah, and if you can do something interesting, like get an interesting uh, environment for yourself, or if you're going to use a virtual mm. background, then get some, get a designer, go on Fiverr, Upwork, and get a designer yeah. to design you a really good like custom background for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think we just got a great, amazing tips um, from you. So thank you for sharing that, John. Uh, as a last question, um, first of all. Again, tell us the name of your podcast again. Where can we listen to it? And if you could pick one episode for people to start listening, uh, what would that episode be and why? Wow, that's a tough question. Uh, uh, where they can find it is they can find salespop.net. They can find us on YouTube under SalesPop and on all of the podcasting platforms under SalesPop. That's SalesPop with an exclamation point at the end. Uh, Wow, what's a good episode to start with? That's a that's a really really tough question to or ask. A memorable moment and an episode where you have learned a lot. Something that like every anyone that is starting with sales needs to listen to that one. Mm -hmm. Something in that. Uh, I have a great one for entrepreneurs. Actually, is there is uh, there's a podcast from one of the original founders of Starbucks. One of the oh. people who actually set set up Starbucks. Um, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but uh, I'll, I'll send you the link. You can put it below the uh, yeah this podcast. But yeah, one of the original founders of of Starbucks because it was it was a, it's a very interesting podcast because he talks about how close they came to disaster in the early days mm. and how they nearly went out of business and how they were saved by. Uh, you know, crowdsourcing uh, some local customers of their first coffee shop. Uh, and so it's a very, very interesting wow. because obviously it's a brand that everybody knows. Um, another one I would definitely recommend is that one from um, the guy who was the last off the plane. Oh, yeah. Uh, when it ditched on the Hudson, he was literally the last person, the last uh, passenger off of that plane. How is that related to sales, though? <laughs> Um, because it's related to motivation and it's related mm. to uh, because he completely changed, you know, his whole life changed after that. And it became so it's motivation because at the end of the day, motivation and sales go hand in hand, because mm. if you can't if you can't motive, if you can't motivate yourself, if you can't uh, get the best out of yourself, you, 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 know, you can't sell. So they're they're very linked. And that's why I like to link a lot of uh, not just say, oh, here's a sales tip. no. Here's here's some ways of getting your mindset right. Mm -hmm. John, I want to listen to those uh, episodes now. That's the, I think you just gave great two examples and I will link them in the show notes. And thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us. All right. Thanks, Tiago. Appreciate it. 
This podcast is brought to you by PodSqueeze, an essential tool for podcasters that creates show notes, timestamps, clips, and more. Visit PodSqueeze.com and use the code PODCASTER for 20% discount in the first three months. We release a new episode every Tuesday and Thursday. See you in the next episode of Lessons from a Podcaster.